My name is Kate Cormack and this is Pulse, the monthly podcast of Voice for Life New Zealand. If you're looking for informative and intelligent pro-life commentary, interviews and news, then this is definitely the show for you. Hi everyone, welcome to this month's episode of Pulse. I'm your host, Kate Cormack, and today I'm going to be interviewing the one and the only Melissa Dobbs, who is the founder of Pro Love here in New Zealand. Hi, Melissa. Hi, Kate. And one of the purposes of this podcast is to introduce you to people in New Zealand who are contributing to the pro-life movement in unique and effective ways. And Melissa is just someone I really wanted to get on the podcast so that you could get to know her like I have over the last few years. Um, and I know that you'll be really in, uh, blessed and you'll also um, hopefully be really inspired by what she's going to share with us today about her work. Um, I noticed Melissa probably about, it must be about two years ago. I think it was around July 2020. And I had these Facebook posts popping up in my feed and it was this woman who was um, meeting with pregnant women and offering them these big boxes of goodies and baby gear and uh, she was just sharing all these sort of amazing testimonies and I was like, who is this woman? I've never heard of her before. She's on the scene and she's doing these beautiful acts of um, giving and I was just so intrigued and so it just I kept seeing Facebook posts pop up and it was either from uh, the Pro Love Facebook page or I think you also have one called Bound for Life and I just thought I've got I've got to I've got to meet this lady like she just seems pretty interesting and I think I just messaged you on Facebook um, because I wanted to share a couple of your posts to the Voice for Life Facebook page because I was like wow these are these are beautiful um uh, these are beautiful examples of what we should be doing as a pro-life movement. And so I think I just reached out to you quite randomly and was just kind of like, hey, I'm Kate. I hope it's okay if we share something um, that you've uh, put on Facebook onto our Facebook because I think it's always good just to double check with people before sharing their photos. And it kind of just sparked this um, connection between us and we started talking and getting to know each other. And over the last few years, it's just been an absolutely amazing journey um, getting to walk alongside Melissa and all that her and her amazing team are doing. Um, but enough about me. <laughs> I'll, I'll ask uh, Melissa to introduce herself to you, the listeners. Um, so yeah, Melissa, can you share a little bit about who you are, about yourself, about, you know, where you live and your home life and just so the listeners can get to know a little bit more about who you are. Um, kia ora everyone, Melissa, I am married to um, Shane Dobbs who is the best car painter around in New Zealand I say. <laughs> Love it. He, um, we both have eight children, um, ranges from our eldest who is 20 years old, um, then we have our 17 year old son, um, our 16 year old daughter, 15 year old daughter. Um, then we have Gracious, who is nine, Freedom Rain, who is seven, Mercy, who is five, and then a lucky last, Azariah, who is one, who just turned one. And we also have a grandchild, Kaizen, from our eldest. So, yeah, life is really busy. Um, I also homeschool my younger daughters. Um, all my other children are working and studying. And, um, yeah, I just love staying home, love I love community, I love families, and I live in South Auckland and always lived here all my life. That's so cool. And I actually got to hang out with you last weekend in Christchurch because we were both speaking at the March for Life Christchurch. And it was so awesome because I get to spend time with you and also your beautiful son. And he's just growing up so quickly. And he, he certainly is the pro-love baby that everyone loves to um, cuddle. And he's just such a joy. And he's so relaxed and, and like just a chilled out little guy. Um, so I was, I was stoked to get to um, see him again this last weekend. And obviously you. Um, you're also really good at creating like skincare and things like you gave me this amazing lip balm that you made in the weekend and I have not stopped using it like I'm obsessed so I love that you're 
<laughs> you're just so like a woman of many, many, many talents. It would be amazing if we can just share a little bit about your pro love journey. So if we start back at the beginning and um, maybe you could just tell us a little bit about how this idea came to you um, and then what the process has been, you know, about actually putting this idea into action you know what was what were the steps that you took or how did that come about so um I've always had a heart for the babies and mothers and parents and I did used to stand outside the abortion clinic 15 years ago um inside outside Green Lane and also uh, Manukau so and then I had children and then time sort of stood for a bit and then I came back to starting to stand out the abortion clinic again in Dominion Road and I just used to go there weekly with my daughters and my friends and just stand out there really and just silent siege, just praying and um, really just asking God just to use me. And so a day came where I just broke really, I think, because a few mothers came outside the clinic and they were crying. And I really just felt like I couldn't do anything because, you know, if you'd try to approach them, some of them would just be really standoffish and not even want you to go near them. So... It broke my heart, and I just asked, you know, Lord, what can I do more? What? Like, how can I reach these mums at a deeper level? And that's when I kind of heard pro-love. That was like a whisper in my heart. Pro-love, and I was like, pro-love, okay. And it was just like being love in action. And so I sat on that um, pro-love for a few months, a few weeks, and then it just would not leave me. It just kept prompting my spirit. Like, I was like, oh, no. You know, and you just know that you have to do something, but you don't. And so I just decided just to take the leap of faith and just step out and just share my heart and share what I'm about to do. And then, yeah, and that's when I just shared it all over Facebook. I started getting donations coming in. Um, people were just so supportive. And then, yeah, lots of people just started coming and contacting me that they wanted to join. And I was like, oh, my gosh, it's becoming something big that I never thought of. <laughs> so so what? When, when was this? When did this when did you start receiving donations and actually start putting together um, packs for mums? Yes, yeah, so I started July 2020. I remember the day it was July the 17th, and that's when I just stepped out in faith, me and my daughters, and we just started using banana boxes because that's what we got donated with um, some donations in it. So we turned it into our love box <laughs> thing that we would start making. And um, yeah. So we had in March 2020, the Abortion Legislation Act was passed, which is the, one of the most extreme abortion laws in the world in New Zealand, um, which has legalized abortion up to birth. And um, so we had that. And then about less than two weeks later, we went into our first COVID lockdown in New Zealand. And in July, you start Bro Love. Like that in itself is so amazing. <laughs> and we became essential service. That was so good. I could still do Pro Love through the lockdown. Yeah, that's incredible. And then, so so did you have friends? I mean, did you have a huge bank account full of money? Did you have a hundred good friends who you knew would be, a volu- be volunteers for you? Did you have heaps of spare time on your hands? Did you have a big giant garage out the back that you were like, you know what, we could just chuck donations in here? I mean, is that is that kind of the situation that you were in at the time? And you thought, hey, this is going to be, this is this is easy. No, so yeah, just going back to the abortion ball. Yeah, that that really broke me that day. Like I cried all day, and um, yeah, that really stirred something inside of me to actually start pro love. And so, yeah, just going back to that, that was a memory that I remember. But no, I had nothing. We had our lounge is what we used for our storage. Um, I had no money. We just stepped down in faith and then the community just came flooding in. It was amazing. I was actually overwhelmed because I was like, wow, this is really happening. (laughs) That's one of the most beautiful things about what has begun with Pro Love. And you have, you're just so, like even just meeting you, before I even met you in person, we started talking online and then we, we made a few phone calls to each other and you are just someone that just attracts people in, you know, like instantly I felt um, at at ease when I spoke to you. I felt listened to. I felt like you were just oozing with love. You're very easy to be with. Um, you just 
you go the extra mile for every person that connects with you. And so I can see why people caught on to what your vision was and were wanting to be a part of it. And I mean, so how many volunteers came around you to begin with? I mean, in 2020, so around July, August 2020, how many people were sort of helping you to put together these the donations and maybe you could talk about what that even looks like so what's the vision about what you give to the mothers yeah so um in the beginning stages of july 2020 um i think someone messaged me every like week it felt like it or every month people wanted to join so it kind of the numbers were going up really quickly like up to it was past 50 at one stage yeah, so um, we do always ask for good donations because we want the mothers to know how valuable they are and how much we value their babies. So um, it was um, hard getting good donations. At one stage, we had to do a lot of um, skip and, well, because I don't like to waste, but, yeah, it was kind of like that. But then, um, yeah, people just started coming in and giving brand-new stuff, buying things, um, the mothers would come in, but then it, it, I thought it was just a baby box at first, but then um, God showed me like a bigger vision, and it was more so just being in relationship with a parent, like in a mother, and just walking with her, um, having community with her, and just doing life with her really, and that's what we've just been about, just servicing her wherever she needs whatever she needs that's beautiful and I know from myself the more I kept in contact with you I suddenly realized hey well I live in Napier um if you you know at the time you didn't have a group established here and so it was like well hey if you get because you have mums reaching out to you from all over New Zealand and you had a few mums from Hawke's Bay and um, get in contact with Pro Love and say like, hey, I'm my baby's due soon and we have nothing, you know, can you, um, is there anyone that could help us? And then you would contact me and sort of say like, hey, well, there's someone um, nearby and it was such an exciting opportunity for me um, to be able to help in that way. And so um, there were a few times um, in Napier that we were able to put together uh, a love box. And when you're talking about a love box it is really awesome like it's a banana box <laughs> um and I think you've moved to like washing baskets haven't you yeah but even with the the banana box it was really cool because you could put like a really awesome baby throw over top and then fill it up with all the essentials and um I think you know like um, a couple of the ladies I've seen who wrap it in um, like baby gift wrap paper, you know, <laughs> like it's a girl or it's a boy and make it really beautiful. And then it has um, essentials for the baby. Um, it has things for mum, like it actually has gifts for mum. And and then there was some, like with the Napier case, um, I remember then you referred her on and basically we realized she had nothing. Like she was due soon. She had nothing for baby, not a crib, not a pram, not a car seat. And so I was like, this is a really awesome opportunity to like bless her just over the top. And so we just put the call out, you know, to all my mum friends um, and pro-life contacts. And it was like, hey, we've got this mum and like this is a really cool chance to actually get behind her with some practical essential and we were able to pull together all those things plus more you know like baby gym thing like I'm not a mum I don't even know what half of these things are I remember even going shopping for the love box and having to like message my friend I'm like what 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 kind of breast pump do you get women these days like I don't know what breast pump she'd need like isn't this kind of weird but I'm assuming she'll need one um bottles just in case you know like I wanted her to have everything that she wouldn't panic in the first week of after birth you know that she'd be like oh no that's all right I've got some bottles spare if I need it um and so it was quite funny pulling it together but yeah we were able to go above and beyond in that situation um and really um yeah gather like a a new crib and things like that and then we found like a really beautifully well-kept secondhand pram but I guess what I'm trying to say with all of that is that yeah it was more about the relationship with her we were able to message her back and forth and she actually had some really bad health problems and um, another one was staying in emergency housing Um, and so you're actually able to hear a little bit about their story their experiences where they're coming from and just offer that help you know not only during the pregnancy but and I know especially for you after birth you know like if they are struggling with baby after birth or like teaching them how to parent well um, and in a healthy way and because you know some of the girls that we are connecting with and the women in need haven't actually had that themselves 
Um, but so I was able to help in Napier. Now you're South Auckland based and I know that you've had a lot of mums reach out for help in South Auckland and Auckland area, but you, over the last couple of years, you've sort of expanded way beyond Auckland. Am I right? I mean, I know that a lot of the Voice for Life branches have had leaders who have, you know, have reached out. And one of the things we've tried to do is kind of act as like a sister organization and say, well, Hey, we've got branches up and down New Zealand. And most of our leaders are like, they love to help mums and babies so if you ever have a referral in kind of like an obscure area I can guarantee you we've got a voice for life member or a voice for life leader who will jump at the chance to to create a love box for a mum and so we've actually been able to see the fruit of that which is really exciting so like what does that look like now I mean you started in South Auckland and in the last two years what does that look like nationwide? Yeah so we have um, we've got South Auckland we've got East Auckland uh, West Auckland, Central Auckland, um, then we moved down to the Waikato area, which is Morrinsville and Hamilton and all that we've got. Um, just our team was really growing there, so I believe that God is knowing the need, so he's just bringing people on board. Uh, we have Tauranga, we've got Wellington, um, all that surrounding area. Uh, we also have Central Hawke's Bay now. We also have New Plymouth. Um, we've got an amazing team there as well as the South Island, um, Nelson and Canterbury. So, uh, yeah, it's been growing. Absolutely. And then when you have had odd requests, you know, like you've had some that are just like in places I've had to Google because I'm like, I, haven't even, I didn't even know this existed in New Zealand. Um, but generally we've been able to find someone close by who can meet the mother um but obviously one of the hopes that we have and we can talk about this more as we wrap up later but you know one of the hopes is obviously to see this um this available everywhere you know so that mums can reach out in their local community and there's a pro love rep who can meet with them and provide a love box and help them so how many volunteers do you have now i mean how do you this that's a lot of places that you're covering um how many volunteers do you have and what does that look like so we have 50 um volunteers um some vary so some just help with donations some are the ones that actually make the love boxes and some are just like support and um, we also have like a team of prayer support as well outside of pro love so that's really special um yeah, it is. It was crazy, but it's actually establishing leaders in those regions that helped me heaps. So they just oversee the whole area and then come to me when they need, you know, something or need a question. Mm. One thing I really love about your team, Melissa, they are like a sisterhood. Like they are women from all types of different backgrounds, different ages. And whenever I have met with you and you've had one of, you know, a say your team with you or one or two um, leaders with you I'm always blown away by these women they are so they are loving they're very very loving women um, and it has this even when you know I just said before we were in uh, Christchurch together in the weekend and your team were there because you do everything together there's such this beautiful community of and sisterhood and relationship and I think it's amazing that it happens within within your group and then that kind of ex- that spreads out to and is extended and then the invitation is there to other mums to be a part of this this group of women around New Zealand but I should actually say you do have some men in pro love and that's great too you know it's not a female only organization is it no 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 we need our men we need our men in our nation so we have three men but then we have the husbands too that are the supportive. So we also have a man that's offered his schools like for electrician or building, you know, just to help with those handiwork in a home of a mother that doesn't know what to do. Wow, I love that. And um, yeah, it's like an army of men and women that are rising up to meet this need. And I feel like you're filling such a, a gap. There was just, you know, women, I feel pregnant, you know, abortion vulnerable, especially pregnant women you know, they're so often falling through the gaps and to know that you're meeting them in the area of practical need, but also um, community need and relational and emotional support is just, it's just 
amazing. I can't speak more highly of what you're doing. And you've built relationships with all sorts of different organizations and you're given things like baby food from different manufacturers and nappies and like it's just incredible to see the relationships that you've built that have gone like they've extended out so far like can you tell us a little bit about what that looks like did you have to sort of pursue did you sort of go out and introduce yourself to different um, businesses and different groups or did they just sort of come to you like I feel like things just come to you like (laughs) so it's so amazing I don't know just no it just they all came to me they all came to me through some connection it was amazing and it still is like people are still coming to me like through different connections. I think as well, because they can see the, see what you're doing. Um, like I love what you do on social media. Like if you don't already follow the pro love Facebook page or Instagram, you need to do that right now. Like while you're listening to this, uh, look them up and follow them because you'll just see daily you're posting images of women that have been helped babies that have been born. Like it's just so cool. Um, and you've got, I know that you've been pursuing um, donations through different, you know, grant community grants that are accessible and available. But there's also even things like, what's the whole petrol station um, fundraiser that's coming up? Can you explain that a little bit? Yeah, so that one's called Good in the Hood. So I thought I'd apply for that because we don't actually apply for any funding except for, you know, the big one that we have and this one. And so I applied for that and, um, yeah, we got accepted. They're giving away a million dollars to different charities across New Zealand. And so we've been selected for one um, gas station in Manerewa, South Auckland, Takanini. We're allowed to go there and promote ProLove. So we start that on Monday. We're allowed to um, just share what we're about. We're allowed to window wash and tell everyone to put their tokens tokens in our little ProLove box that we're going to have inside the um, gas station. So, yeah, if anyone's around in Takanini Gas Station, please come and support ProLove. It'll be so helpful. I love that. Yeah, and you've heard the call. So make sure if you're around that area that you get behind them. I love that window washing. I'm like, window washing, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Hope you're going to rope some of your teenagers into that. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Yeah, that's so helpful anyway. They'd probably love to to do that. Um, And so where are things at today with ProLove? You're... You have, you know, 50 plus volunteers and leaders throughout New Zealand. You have these different um, hubs, I guess. What what do you call them? Branches or hubs regionally? I call them love hubs. Oh, love hubs. (laughs) Yes, yes. So you've got love hubs um, expanding around New Zealand. You offer more than just uh, meeting with women that are pregnant though, don't you? So I know that recently you have ran your post-abortion healing group for the first time. And that will be something that you'll be doing regularly. Can you um, tell our listeners a little bit more about what that looks like? Yeah, so um, I did Living in Colour myself because I wanted to be able to facilitate this. So now we start, now we have started the post-abortion healing course. We just finished it two weeks ago. Um, it's an eight to ten week journey of a mother just going through all her trauma and bringing it to a place of healing. And it has been just like eye-opener, like I did it twice now and um, every time it's just moving. So we've had one, two, four that have um, successfully finished and uh, finished their healing journey and even for them to go on the, um, the journey, they thought that they had already been healed but actually they hadn't and so there was a lot of things that came up to the surface and it was so good just to bring it all out. And one of your graduates actually spoke as well and shared her testimony at the March for Life Christchurch this weekend, and it was so powerful. And to think that, you know, she'd just finished um, the Living in Colour course and then bravely accepted my invitation um, to actually share it publicly. Man, she just had uh, so much courage to stand up on Saturday, um, and it was just such a beautiful tempt. Uh, testimony um so that's incredible that you offer that is that just in Auckland at the moment or is that for anybody nationwide or I would like to extend it out um but at the moment it's only in Auckland so yeah we are looking at extending it out Mm. and we have mums already in waiting from pro-love mums that want to do this course wow so how many mums have you like helped so far like 
I know that you I know what you're like you're not big on keeping numbers because I ask you this probably every six months like wow any how many mums have reached out for referrals or and you're sort of like I don't really keep count but I know that there's hundreds if not I mean you might even be over the 1000 mark at this point Melissa but I want you just to suck it up and tell me the numbers. So how many women do you think, because you're less than two years old as an organization, as a charity, how many mums have you connected with and helped? So we've helped to date is over 2,000 families. Whoa, over 2,000. And I believe it because you, it is just spreading like wildfire. Like it's amazing. Oh, that is incredible. Over 2,000 families in less than two years. So I just love that because it's actually, this is effective. What you're doing is so effective. So do women just normally reach out to you via Facebook? Is And can you maybe tell us a, a testimony that has come about? I mean, you've got over 2,000 women that you've connected with but um, in families, but is there like a, maybe you could just share one story that has really stood out to you, perhaps a mum that reached out and then by doing so um, she chose life um, for her unborn child or um yeah I just thought maybe you could share with our listeners a story that's come about yeah sure um there's so many stories yes so many but there's one that have stuck out we decided to do an 0800 pro-love number um and one of the mums that called up through that was very special like it was just about you know talking her through things and just listening to her and she would call up daily um, for the first week, you know, just unsure, confused, no one to support her. And so I was just there to listen to her, just to let her speak and just give her some, you know, not tips, but just some, um, you just encourage her and build her up as a soon-to-be mum. So anyway, so we're still walking with her to this day and we've taken her to her scans. We've got an awesome rep that takes her to her scans that visits her, um, we just help her really with everything that she needed just to make that decision of choosing life to be easy, you know, because sometimes it can be a burden in their eyes when no one's around them. So for us to support her and just to know that we're here, even if your family and friends have um, disowned you, we're here. And so we stuck with her all the way and then her family have now turned around and they're now excited to welcome this baby and her partner is actually excited to have baby as well now. So the tides have turned and everyone's turned in this situation and there's just excitement for baby now that is due in December. Yes. And, you know, it is a lot of time for yeah. my rep to, you know, constantly just ring her or constantly visit. But when you have that heart and that passion for mums, you will do anything just to try and, you know, help save Bubba. Yeah, that is so true. I'm glad that you added that. Um, so the 0800 crisis line that is is it oh, it's 0800 pro love and that's that's you just advise that just for the crisis uh pregnancies and then if it's somebody um in another situation they can reach out via facebook and then they fill in a form and then you help to connect them to somebody who can help them a rep yeah and like you said it is quite a big commitment to be able to answer the calls and actually then walk alongside um, the one who has has reached out for help. Um, it's something I've definitely noticed on the ground. Uh, speaking to abortion vulnerable women, often they've already had, say they've had one child, maybe the baby's about one and a half, two years old. This is this just sort of seems to be a scenario that I come across quite often, and she's now pregnant again, and she just feels like her experience with the first child. She felt so alone. She struggled to provide the bare minimum basics for the baby. Um, her family weren't there. The The biological father wasn't there. She just had such a kind of dark and um, very sad circumstance around the first child. Then she's faced with the second pregnancy and she sort of feels like that will be the same again. You know, she'll have to go through that hardship again. And what that's why I think it's so incredible that you're connecting with these women possibly for their first babies and you're giving them the love and the support and the wraparound care because that may actually influence um, subsequent pregnancy decisions so when she knows that hey I reached out for help and I was at, I was met with support and care and love then with a 
a next pregnancy that could completely change the narrative for how she makes a decision going forward even if she may still be struggling in some ways just to know that hey there were a couple of women that used to like text me that I could I could text them at 2am when I the baby just wouldn't stop crying and perhaps they don't have a mum of their own to message and say what do I do you know I'm st- I don't know how to make them stop crying that's why I think it's really imp- important that even though a woman perhaps isn't considering an abortion this you know, with this pregnancy, she may just need some help practically, and um, but she feels okay to choose life and continue. The way that we respond to her as a community, as a society, um, as she ventures into that first, having her first child, that really does make a difference for future pregnancies. Um, so I just sort of wanted to put that out there as well. And so that's an amazing story about that um, brave mother choosing life and being due in December. Um, you know, you're talking to quite a few women who are considering abortion. What sort of trends or things are you noticing with them? You know, are they, what, what are sort of the reasons they're saying that they're considering an abortion? Uh, yeah, the one main one is fatherless. Like the fathers just don't want to take up responsibility. So they leave the mothers and then they're stuck. You know, majority have a lot of kids. So to have another ch- child and then the, partner is just taken off it's like a real burden to them and they don't want to bring baby into the world that I've noticed and also the support like lack of support from family friends um, that's been a huge one too like no one there to support them you know and to be excited for baby they're more so like just really condemning baba and um, wanting them to have an abortion that's been a huge yeah I've noticed that as well lack of support from their family and friends and partners so hopefully by stepping in and providing them um, support and care that we're hopefully, you know, making quite a big influence in their decision um, to choose life for the unborn. With the fatherlessness, do you often think, like, how can we help with that, you know? Um, yeah, do you think that our response to the issue of biological fathers um, leaving women who are pregnant or and their family, do you think this is something that's a cultural issue we can change? I mean, is it about raising the next generation of men to uh, value marriage and value family and to uh, rise up to their responsibilities as fathers? I mean, what's, how, what do you think? I mean, how do we make a difference in that area? Yeah, I, I do think that, and I feel like there's a lot of um, trauma in their life as well that they haven't dealt with from maybe childhood, and that's just affected the way that they father, and they just run away from responsibilities. I feel like, yeah, our next generation, we can maybe just implement some um, tools for fathers and just a real, really support them in every area and help them through fatherhood and their value, their value themselves, you know, just so that they can value their family as well. I guess that's where we're hoping more men will get involved in being um, a father to the fatherless in some ways, in a practical and caring way, in a tangible way. I remember this story about this, sorry, it's a bit, it's not off topic, but it's just interesting. It's reminded me of this beautiful story about this woman that used to volunteer at a crisis pregnancy centre and she was just you know, that kind of woman that everybody loved and um, did all these amazing things. And there was a time when then she had to say to the uh, the people who were uh, leading that crisis centre that she was stepping away, that she sort of said, look, I, I just feel I need to step down from my role here. Um, and they were sort of panicked, like, oh, you know, what's happened? Like, is, something, is there something we're doing or not helping you with enough or supporting you in your role? And she said, well, no, um, actually, one of the women that we helped many years ago has really just become a part of our family, her and her daughter. And my husband and I see ourselves as the grandparents um, now of this child and we would love to give more and more time to um our new family that we have this um this I guess they saw her as their own daughter and their own granddaughter now and I said we just want to spend more time with them and so we feel that it's our time to um to dedicate 
a lot more space to uh, fostering and, and loving on this family. And I just thought that's it. You know, that's 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 where it's at. You know, um, actually taking people under your wing, into your home, into your family, like in, inviting them over for Christmas. Um, because like you were saying before, one of the things you're noticing is actually often the, your own fam, their own family members who are rejecting them having a child and possibly um, whether implicitly or explicitly coercing them to have an abortion. So I think actually as a pro-life movement, one of the beautiful things is we is that we have the opportunity to be the family to some who have not had a healthy or safe or loving family um, until there can be ultimate restoration with their own family. That's the ultimate goal, of course. Um, but it's amazing that we can step in in some ways like that and sort of be like the surrogate families. So we've had, you've shared a story about a mother who did choose life after ringing the 0800 Pro Love Crisis Line. And you've talked about the first healing group that you've uh, run for post-abortive women. I'm just wondering if there are other things that you're noticing from women that you're speaking to who uh, are coming in um, to pro-love who have had an abortion and perhaps they are not ready to step into the post-abortion healing group yet, but they may be just sharing with you some of their experiences of abortion and maybe you could sort of uh, fill us in a little bit on, on what you're hearing. Yeah, um, so I get mums, you know, coming to me and they know what I stand for, which is a real special thing because then that kind of brings about some, um, for them to open up a bit more about their um, history of the abortion. So um, some of them have, are like, oh, I wish that you were around before I had my abortion because to know that you're here now to help with her older children. Um, yeah, she just, yeah, there's a lot of them that just say, I wish that you were around when I had my abortion. And that lots of regrets as well with that, you know, again, support, lack of support, lack of people that practically want to support you as well. Yeah. And so, again, it, it's another example of how pro-love are being the answer. And we used to have that a lot when I stood outside um, our local abortion facility and uh, often it was actually post-abortive women who would approach me and they would say, you know, I wish you had been here the day that I had come you're actually right there because I have had some people say, oh, well, what are you doing? Like, you stand for this, but then what are you doing? And then I'm like, actually, this is what we do. You know, we actually back up what we what we believe. You're actually loving. Um, and so what are your hopes for pro-love moving forward? Um, what's your sort of vision? What's your long-term hopes and dreams? And what sort of things do you have in the works at the moment? So in the works at the moment, we've applied for a really huge funding, our first ever big funding um, for building. Uh, we would like to establish like a, a love hub, <laughs> a community love hub where it would be open. We would do workshops to um, equip the parents. We would have connect groups, just a lot of um, workshops that would just help them with their parenthood, really. Um, we want to just create some sort of sort of like income, you know, just to help spread, you know, um, the love across to our regions in New Zealand. Uh, just a stable place, really. And also we want to create a respite. It's going to be called Pro-Love Noho Respite, where a mum that is absolutely exhausted or run down or, you know, she's pregnant and she's sick and um, she doesn't have any support. Like, you know, she chose life, but she has no support. So we want to be able to wrap her and bring her in and just give her rest, um, just really love on her. And even the mothers that have had baby and they're just so tired, you know, they can come for a day, a few hours, a night, or even a weekend. So we're going to have a rostered team where we can just come and provide that respite care. Um, yeah, and just have really like a place that is open to all mothers and just know where we are. They can just come and have a coffee and offload and we can watch their child, you know, just really create community, really. Absolutely. I love your vision going forward, as you know, and Voice for Life absolutely behind you. Uh, and if you're listening and that has really struck a chord with you and you're like, hey, I have a very similar vision and heart to see that uh a love hub like that in New Zealand and a respite home uh, that is just so incredibly loving and wraparound support. 
as you may know in New Zealand it is incredibly difficult to get into maternal mental health care especially any type of respite so um, to have uh, this available would just be life-changing and life-saving for many. Um, I'm sure you're coming across a lot of women who are also struggling with uh, suicidality um, and and severe mental health issues uh, or very extreme circumstances of uh, basically having nothing, um, having no one. So to be able to meet that need would just be amazingly uh, wonderful. So if that has something that is, if that is something that has struck a chord in you, um, you know who to get in touch with. Um, and I guess on that note, how can our listeners get involved and proactively actually help ProLove? Um, perhaps, you know, you're, uh, you live in a region that is uh, untouched at the moment by a ProLove uh, a, pro, a love hub and that's something that you could start you know maybe you could just start collecting uh, donations from the mum friends that you have at play center or church um i know in napier we've done a few things like we just collect donations by holding uh, like a little baby shower afternoon um and or you contact local knitting groups and they often jump at the chance to put together some baby blankets and um, jerseys um, so there's so many ways you could get involved you know even talking about pro love at your church inviting melissa to speak um how else would you advise people to get in touch with you and help volunteer melissa so we would love anyone like if they want to just do phone calls to mums to just follow up to see how they are or they would like to um, have coffees for mums or um yeah do donations um help make love boxes, um, collect donations, or even deliver love boxes. You know, sometimes you may not have time to make um, love boxes, but you may have time to deliver a love box and meet a parent. Um, yeah, we do, lot, we do need men. Like, you know, there's so much. There's actually some solo dads too that come through, so we're not all about mums. Yeah. We're actually about solo, you know, dads as well. We're there to help. And so it would be so awesome to have a bit more men in the pro-life movement just to um, value the fathers and let them know that they are valued as well as the babies in the womb. So, yeah. I guess wherever their heart is, whatever their desire is, their passion, just step out in faith. And if we can help as well with you in your calling, oh, we can all do that together. We can do amazing things. We're all in unity. Couldn't agree more. And if they wanted to uh, donate towards what you're doing financially, perhaps even contribute and invest in the building that you hope to um, lease, can how can they do that? So if anyone out there is listening and they would like to contribute, because I know that if we do get this building, it is on a three-year lease, and so we do have to have huge faith for our yearly lease Um yeah, just to contact us, we would be so grateful. Uh, we have people that donate into our account weekly, um, monthly, and yeah. So any anything helps. Like, we're just grateful for anything, really. You are. You're so humble. Um, I know even recent, like, oh, was it about maybe a year ago you mentioned to me, I think I saw a photo of your lounge, and <laughs> it was just filled with boxes and boxes of baby donations and I'm thinking and you have eight children and you homeschool okay this is probably not the the greatest uh way that this is set up but you were just doing what you could and you mentioned to me well oh maybe you know if we had like a container we could use on the driveway um then we could put everything in there but sort of tell tell our listeners what happened with that whole situation gosh yes my lounge started slowly building up building up building up (laughs) and actually it touched the ceiling yeah my whole lounge was full you couldn't walk um the hallway was full because I've got no garage at my home so it was just pretty much all in my house really and oh bless my children they were so patient but they did have a little outburst sometimes like oh my gosh tripping up over all my baby stuff (laughs) and then you know voice for life bless you guys thank you so much you've provided a um like an office portacom as such, oh, it's huge. It's massive. So I could move everything from my lounge into this space. And so I've got my own separate space now where I can, you know, come away from my family and go into my little office as such or my little building. 
and just make love boxes with everything there with my shelving that's all there that was made oh it's just so amazing you just I'm just so grateful <laughs> like I was grateful for my lounge and using that as a storehouse but now I'm like excited even more so thank yous it was such a cool opportunity to get behind what you're doing because um, we really believe in you and we're just so excited about where you're going. And so we wanted to just get behind your work and that was such a cool opportunity. So, yeah, so glad we could help. And it does look it looks a lot better. It looks like you have a lounge now. So Oh, when congrats. I look back at the pictures, I'm like, oh, my gosh, it looks like a hoarder house. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, the things we do, the things we do in the pro-love movement. Actually, I've got a ton of pro-love donations that have been dropped off at my house currently. And um, even my mum walks past every now and then. She's like, anyone would think, Kate, that you've got like 20 kids, you know? I mean, there's just baby bounces and all sorts of things everywhere and knitting everywhere. And I'm like, I, and I have zero children, but that's okay. One day, one day. But, um, and all the teams across New Zealand too. Like I got them all to send me a photo of all their storage areas and they're exactly the same probably not as worse but I mean not as worse that sounds wrong but you know what I mean they're full yeah yeah totally and that's isn't that the incredible thing that there is so many people giving towards this and one of the things that we actually need like in Hawke's Bay where we are looking for women to help so it's um we're able to meet the requests that are coming through and more. So we're actually trying to get the word out. And, you know, we made those um, new pro-love posters that we're trying to put up at doctor's offices and and different places where there could be um, pregnant women who don't know about pro-love yet. So that's one thing you can also do to help is actually just help us spread the word. And if you, uh, you know, maybe you're part of a university and you could help us to spread the word or, um, just in your community, just, you know, word of mouth is so important. Hey, you know, if you ever know of a mum in need, get them to reach out to Pro Love for some practical care and help and um, emotional support. And so, yeah, it's pretty exciting. Um, one of the things I was just thinking as we end our conversation today, Melissa, is I'm sure there are people listening who, like yourself and like I, um, once did you know we started with this little nudge and this like niggle inside of our heart that was like just drawing us to do something it was drawing us to step out in faith like you said and to actually um, act and to uh, be courageous and to take the little that we had to offer and just to um, see what could come of it and so I'm wondering if you could just sort of Give some encouragement to anyone who's listening and, and maybe they have a dream but they've been a bit apprehensive and, or, uh, yeah, it is quite scary. It's quite scary, right? Like I said before, you know, it's not like you started and you were like, well, I've got all this spare money and I've got like heaps of spare time and, I mean, this will just be a breeze. It will just be a great, you know, little hobby and thing to do after hours, you know, like you've literally jumped in and given it 110%. You've been self uh, you've you've sacrificed so much from your own personal life, from your family time, to really pour into this. And look what has come of it. Two thousand plus families have been helped. That's what it's all about. So, what would you say to somebody who's listening, and what would your advice to them be? I think you know, really, just follow your heart, um, that really deep passion and that desire. Just step out in faith. You know, we don't have time at the moment. You know, our days are running short. Our time is running short. And what have we got to lose? You know, we just need to step out in faith and um, take that opportunity and just run with it. And, you know, if it is meant to be, doors will open and um, opportunities will arise and people will come and encourage you and be on board with you. So, yeah, just step out. We have no time to lose. I love that. And I love the sense of urgency that you added there that, you know, don't wait on it, you know, don't wait. If you, if Melissa could start smack bang straight after COVID had the first COVID lockdown while we were in lockdown, I mean, you're just such an awesome testament um, of what it looks like to step out in faith. And the other thing is that reach out and talk to people like us. Um, like I said, like I noticed Melissa on Facebook and I was like, I need to know who that is. And I want to help her in any way I can, because I can see something really special and unique about what she's doing. And I think it was that meeting we were at on Saturday night after the march. That's right. And we were there with some other pro-life leaders. And I just said that, 
you know, when pro-love succeeds, voice for life succeeds. When right to life succeeds, voice for life succeeds. We, no matter which group, Family Life International succeeds, Family First succeeds, then we all succeed. You know, we are in this together. We are united in the pro-life movement in New Zealand and we all have different ways that we are meeting the needs. So we have our own lanes, but at the end of the day, the more that we unite and work together, the more clear our message will be to New Zealand, the more effective our ministries will be because we're all, it's just teamwork, you know, um, yeah, so I just really want to encourage you that if you want, there, there are gaps in New Zealand that are just waiting to be filled. There is so much that people could be doing um, to really rise up and to make a massive impact in New Zealand, even if that's just offering um, your time, like Melissa said, maybe you're retired and you think, hey, I could meet with a mum once a week and have a coffee. And I've, you know, I had five kids of my own and now I've got 10 grandkids and I can give some advice on parenting. And like I know, Melissa, you've got advice on like even planting a veggie garden to help feed your family. There's so many ways you can help. So yeah, we just really want to encourage you to step out in faith, to reach out for help. You're not alone and we want to see you succeed um, because we want to see the pro-life movement in New Zealand be effective and fruitful and successful so I want to thank you so much for joining me for this interview Melissa I'm sure that if you've listened to the whole thing I hope you listen to the whole thing then you will agree that Melissa is somebody that people need to hear about she is someone you need to meet she is someone you need to support and Pro Love is an organization and a charity that we need to get behind um, and I'm sure our listeners have loved getting to know you today so a massive thank you Thank you for having me. Thank you. So I just want to remind our listeners as well that if you're enjoying our podcast episodes that are coming out monthly on Pulse, that you can support us by following the podcast. You can share about the podcast with your friends, help get the word out, get some more listeners on board. You can also donate to Voice for Life uh, so that we can do more of this and more of our work um, so that you just need to check out voiceforlife.org.nz forward slash donate. Thanks for tuning in to this month's episode of Pulse, the podcast of Voice for Life New Zealand. Until next time, let's keep working hard to build a culture where abortion is as unthinkable as it is unnecessary. The Pulse podcast is a production of Voice for Life New Zealand. If you enjoyed this show and you think that having a strong public pro-life voice is essential, then please support this podcast and all of the other important pro-life work that Voice for Life is engaged in at voiceforlife.org.nz forward slash donate. That's voiceforlife.org.nz forward slash donate. Link in the show notes. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll catch you next month on The Pulse.